Turn with me to Romans, the 12th chapter, please. Romans 12. I know many of you we may not get to speak to before the meeting's over, but and I know I don't know the details of your life, but uh, I'm just so pleased that you're here, and, and I just you, uh, you're precious in the sight of God, and, and your call and your ministry is important and valuable. We love you. I want you to just be fired up in these meetings, just full to overflowing. Hallelujah. Blessed and free and rise up and be the brightest shining light in your town. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, so be it, so be it. In Romans, the 12th chapter, the third verse, he said, I say through the grace given to me to every man that's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to Think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Young's literal translation, he's also the author of Young's Concordance. I've, in my small experience, I've found to be one of the most accurate. I I trust Young's literal uh, translation. It's a transliteration. Many of the modern um, translations are actually not translations. There are paraphrases, but they list themselves as translations. Watch out for that. Uh, for instance, a number of the modern translations, uh, several verses in the New Testament, it'll say, do your best, try to do this or that. God never told you to try anything. <laughs> he knew if you could do it or not before he told you, right? And when he told you, he didn't tell you to play with it. He told you to do it. I mean, you've got to watch out for these kind of things. And uh, Young's Literal says it this way. He said, through the grace that was given to me, I say to everyone that's among you, not to think above what it behooveth to think, but to think so as to think wisely, as to each God did deal a measure of faith. A measure of faith. If you skip down to verse 4 then, for as many... uh, As we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given us for the prophecy, let us prophesy, how? According to the proportion, or you could say measure, of faith. He's still talking about measure of faith. And in verse 7, Or ministration in the ministration. He who is teaching in the teaching. What does that mean? He's still talking about you. How are you going to prophesy? According to your measure of faith. How are you going to teach? According to your measure of faith. How are you going to preach? If you're giving, how are you going to give? According to your measure of faith. I know as a, a minister, this is very real to me. Uh, that uh, how the Lord has led me by steps, whether it's revelation or whether it's a song or any of these things. I know the first songs that I got, I had them for weeks 
before uh, I, I sang them. And uh, then as time would go on, I wouldn't have as much as far ahead of time. And uh, there would be, uh, then eventually, uh, there'd be times when I'd have a word. And you know the rest of it's there. But I got a word and three notes. <laughs> how are you going to get the rest of it? And how, how well can I get that and express it? It's according to my faith. Utterance will stop flowing at the place where I no longer have confidence I can get it out. Are y'all with me, friends? Every one of us ministers, we teach according to our measure of faith. We preach according to our measure of faith. We pray according to our measure of faith. Everything we do, you know, how, how much of God can be manifested in it, it comes back to our measure of faith. The, the stronger your faith is, the more confident you are that you can get a hold of it. And that God will give you the utterance. And that you can just keep going until you get it all out. And you see it and you hear it and you know it. But if your faith is weak, you'll go, well, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I'm seeing several of the former Ramos singers and band over here. And we travel together with uh, Brother Hagin. And he's a faith man. And he'd say, you got something? And if he says, you got something? <laughs> why would he be asking if you had something? Because he perceived that you had something. But, man, he operates on a high level of faith. And if you're not used to that, your, your, your initial response would be, no, I don't have a thing because you made a big mistake and checked your head and you couldn't find anything up there. <laughs> These things don't come out of your head. Revelation doesn't come out of your head. Utterance doesn't come out of your head. A new song doesn't come out of your head. It comes out of your spirit. So how I can get it out and how much I can get it out has to do directly connected with how much faith I have to believe I receive it. But faith without works, faith without action is dead. And you have to step out in the faith you have or you won't get to the next part. You just sit waiting, which is what we got into some last night. Everybody say, according to your measure, according to your proportion of faith. Hallelujah. Without faith, 
You cannot please God. For generation after generation, the devil knows better than most of the church how powerful faith is. That it is the key to accessing the grace and releasing the anointing. And he's so crafty. Doctrines of devils don't just come over the pulpits of Satanist churches. They come out of Christian churches. And and, and the danger is that many, many times there it's not discerned that it came from the enemy. It's assumed it came from God. And every generation, the enemy will try to replace faith with something. He'll try to replace faith with something that's in the Bible, something that's good. He'll try to replace faith with praise. That's the answer. You can praise your way to everything. Praise and worship is everything. Without faith, it's nothing. You cannot please God with a song, with no faith. In generations, the enemies convince people to replace faith with prayer. Prayer is going to fix everything. I believe in prayer. That's another way of saying you believe in what you can do. (laughs) It can be works. I believe in the God who answers prayer. Hmm? And unless you pray in faith, you pray in vain. Some try to replace faith with grace. It'll never work. Grace is God's part. Grace is not our part. Our part is faith. We access the wonderful, amazing grace with our faith. Beware of how the enemy will try to get you away from faith. It's so subtle. It's so crafty. That's why uh, the scripture says in Jude, we are to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. What worked for Abraham will work for you. Is that right? What worked for Elijah what worked for all those in Hebrews 11? Is that right? Yeah. Work for Peter? Work yeah. for Jesus? Yeah. That's what's going to work for you and me. Yeah. Do not let yourself be tricked. Can you say amen? Or yeah. I'll think about it. Or <laughs> Go with me to uh, John, Gospel account of John, the second chapter. Let's begin to pick up where we left off. There are a number of people who have become disillusioned with faith. And they feel like they did it and it didn't work. And they tried it and didn't produce the results. And uh, again, it's the enemy's subtle and crafty, tricky. 
he's, uh, he's not only the accuser of the brethren, he's the accuser of God. And he, at every, he's, he's looking for every opportunity, especially if you're hurting or when you're weak, your faith is weak, your spirit is weak. He will try to feed you feelings and ideas of questioning God, which is a subtle way of accusing him. And he tries to do it in such a way that you don't know it's him. You don't even recognize it. Where was God? Here you are, done your best to believe God on this for all this time. What if you weren't perfect in it? He couldn't help you out with this? As important as this was? Where was he? This is coming straight from your enemy. Hmm? This didn't come out of your spirit. This is coming straight from the enemy of your soul. He brings, and he not only brings the thoughts, he brings the feelings that go with the thoughts. And a lot of times people think, if I feel it, that's it. It's real. This is where I'm, no, feelings don't have to mean a thing. They're real, but you can choose to completely ignore them and resist them. You can rise up and say, I have no right to feel that way at all. I know you're feeling kind of. You know, bad about this, or, or, what's the word? Irritable, angry, hurt. But in the middle of that, you can get a hold of yourself and say, "Soul, don't you do that." God has done too much for you. Too much for you. For you to even entertain such a thought. And you grab it and you cast it down. But there are those who have become so disillusioned and have listened to these things until they have, they've backed off of faith. I know of individuals that used to preach faith as strong as I do. And now they fight it. They preach against those of us that preach faith. What happened to them? They called what they were doing faith, and it didn't work. But they were too proud to be teachable and let the Lord show them it wasn't faith. You weren't in faith. You were not in faith. You were not trusting me. God doesn't miss it. Amen. I said, God doesn't miss it. And he doesn't let his people down. Nobody ever trusted in him and was made ashamed. Am I quoting the Bible? Nobody. Come on, say, no one, no one. How many? How many? In all the billions that have ever lived on the planet, there's never been a single one. That genuinely trusted God and was let down and he failed them and didn't come through for them. Has never happened and never will. Never will. Now there's people that have been confused and proud 
and mistaken and sincere, but sincerely wrong. Right? Meant well, but just were off. I know Brother Hagin said frequently, he'd just pause and he'd say, we know so little. That's not an exaggeration. That's reality. And if you don't really genuinely feel that way, it's because uh, you don't know how much you don't know. (laughs) It's bad to be dumb. It's worse to be dumb and think you're smart. (laughs) That's... That's that's another level of bad. Right? (laughs) But the truth is, the more you you learn, every every additional uh, bit of light and revelation you get, it it shows up the darkness and the ignorance and the wrong thinking that was there. If Paul, who had been caught up to the third heaven, who had been given all this revelation, if he says, for we know in part... Well, that means there's, he's saying there's a lot of parts I don't know. And it's the parts you don't know that you can jump to the wrong conclusions about and assume and come up with the wrong thing. But then when you get more light, you go, whew, well, no wonder. No wonder. I'm convinced that the first several years after we get to heaven, just every, every so often we'll go, oh, No wonder. Oh, wow. You mean? Oh, no wonder. Hmm? Because down here we really did know so little. So little. So no matter what happens, stay on God's side. Hmm? There will be situations you don't understand. There'll be things you know did not go the way they should have. You know was not God's perfect will. Hmm? And you won't know why. But at that moment, you just draw closer to God. You press right on in. And you say, I know this, Lord. You didn't let me down. I know it. I trust you. I trust you. I will not leave. You won't leave me and forsake me, and I'm not going to leave you and forsake you. It's me and you. <laughs> In life and out of life. Out of this life. John 2, are you there? In talking about people that have experienced frustration with their endeavor to live by faith, the Lord gave me two words as to why. People have been frustrated in their faith walk. And I'm talking about us, faith people. And they're both in this verse right here in John 2, at this first miracle in Jesus' ministry, changing of water into wine. They told them that they were out of wine, and Jesus' mother told him, and he said, Woman, what what is that to do with us? And uh, she just turned to the servants and said, verse 5, whatever he says to you, do it. This is so simple and yet so powerful. I believe this is the key to miracles. So simple, three-year-old can understand it. 
but the enemy. It's not that these things are hard to understand. It's that the enemy is dispensing darkness and, and, and things between you and it. How many, when you've seen light and revelation, it's so simple. It's so profound. And you wonder, why did I see that? It's not because you're dumb. It's not because you're slow. It's because there is resistance to light in this realm. And the main thing is you just have to be persistent and not quit. And so I will get this. I will see this. <laughs> and you just, you just keep reading the verse again. You just keep, and it's not that God is, is, is taunting you with it and going to drop it on you when you do it 135th time. No, no, no. It's the enemy is trying to block you and distract you and smoke screen you and mind fog you. Hmm? Come on. Have you ever... Man, I, I, there's been times I've gotten to Revelation before and I knew this is life changing. This is church changing. This is body of Christ changing. And, and, I, and I could feel if I just relax my concentration a moment, I won't even remember what my name is. It's because, it's because the enemy is doing everything he can to get you to back off and not see this. And you just have to laser in and go, glory to God. I'm getting this. And if you don't see it today, it doesn't phase you a bit. If you don't see it this week, it doesn't phase you a bit. You keep your faith on it. You keep believing for it. Until you see it. Until you get it. The two things, whatever he says to you, number one. And number two, do it. The two things, the two words he gave me, why people have been frustrated in their faith life, passiveness. They didn't do the do it part. We talked about taking steps. Many times folks have endeavored to believe for something big, but they, the Lord dealt with them to take a step, and they didn't acknowledge it. They just got their eyes on the big thing. And so they're confessing and confessing and, and waiting for it to happen and waiting for it to happen and confessing and waiting for it to happen. And they're calling that faith. But faith without action is, is dead. Everything that he shows you and gives you faith for, the next thing that's going to happen, he's going to direct you to take a step. And some of the steps can be so small and seem so natural that if you don't pay attention, you'll ignore them and think, well, that's not going to make any difference. I'm believing for this. Yeah, but honey, that's way over there. How are you going to get from here to there? The The truth be told, your faith is not at that place right now. But the Lord will lead us where he knows our faith is today. And if we'll take that step and keep feeding our faith and using our faith, he's going to get us there. He's going to get us there. Do you believe that, friends? But you must take steps. Every one of you in here that's in ministry, that God's ever given you a project and it was completed or started a church or did an outreach or whatever it is, it starts by a step. Go look at it. Check on it. Right? See about buying it. Right? And if you were going by what you saw and felt, you go, there's no need to. Don't have any money. 
No need looking at it. But see, that's unbelief. That's walking beside. If the Lord says look at it, then you look at it. Right? The Lord says inquire, then you inquire. The Lord says take a step towards it, then you do. I know that that building in in Branson, the first building that we got to have a church. Phyllis and I had never pastored before. We'd never started a church. We'd been in the ministry for years, traveling. And we knew we were supposed to relocate to Branson. Didn't know why. But we knew that, so we're doing it. And we, so we knew we were going to need a place, so we're looking for a place for our ministry. And, and Phyllis had had some experience in, in real estate, and so I was, I was just going to stay in that morning and pray. And, and she was looking around, and, and uh, I said, you know, maybe if we could have a little place where we could put a couple of hundred people in there, if we wanted to do a, some kind of taping or, or this kind of thing, no thought about a church. Well, she calls me in a few minutes. I won't tell the whole story. It's every part of it supernatural. But if we hadn't have gone to Branson, we'd have never found out about this. If we haven't looked at that, we wouldn't find. You see what I'm talking about? Every piece of it's a step. I knew exactly our first step into the ministry was a step to go to the camp meeting in, in Tulsa at Brother Hagen's ministry. And once we got there, the Lord dealt with us to take a step to tour the campus. Then he dealt with us to come to the school. Some say steps, steps. Yeah. Had no idea. We thought we'd go one year and go back home. Mm-hmm. Had no idea we'd be there 20 years. Yes, that I'd be involved in teaching in the school. Or the, you see what I'm talking about? But you never would have found out about those things if you'd never gone to that meeting. Wonder how many things... People have missed and never knew about because they would only make confessions and never take a step. And this is why people are frustrated. They're frustrated in their hearts and minds because they just feel like I should be further along than I am right now. We should be in more. We should be doing more. You know why you feel that way? Because you should be. There's always more in God. But the big thing is simply not ignoring what he tells you to do, but doing whatever he says to you. Do it. Phyllis calls. She's at the property. And it's a theater. It seats thousands of people. It's on acreage. And and, and, uh, she told me what she's looking at. And I thought, why? And she said, I don't know, but you need to see this. Something's going on here. I show up. We stand there and look at it and knew what she's talking about. Man, I, th- I just knew it. We're supposed to get this. He didn't have any money. And why? So, <laughs> back to the little place we were staying. Everybody say steps, steps, steps. And... What step can I take? Well, we set up a meeting with the people that owned it. We'd talk to them. And uh, we said, I I had prayed and I I thought about two or three scenarios. We will lease it. uh, And, of course, that means we'll only be responsible for the next month until such and such. And then we'll pay this and then we'll do this. And and they said, no, no, we just want to sell it. Okay. Um, What if? And I gave them another scenario. They said, no, like we said, 
we just want to sell it. And we said, okay. And I said, I gave him a third scenario, which still in, in involved not coming up with money right now. Because <laughs> we didn't have it. Exactly. We didn't have it. Everybody says, take a step. If we, if we had no faith, we wouldn't have even done that. You see what I'm saying? The Lord's meeting us where our measure of faith is. He had, he had worked on us for years to get our faith to that place where we believed something could happen here. And we thanked him for the time. We went back to the room. And uh, we both got before the Lord and said, Lord, we, we've done everything we know to do. It just seemed like you hit a wall. I mean, I, I don't know a step to take. We've gone as far as we can go. We're going to cast the care of this over on you. Go to sleep. Yeah. Seven o'clock the next morning, phone's ringing. It was one of the guys. He said, can y'all have breakfast? He said, yeah. Found out the Lord had kept one of them up all night. <laughs> He was just waiting to when he thought we might be awake. And he had told the other guys, he said, we don't know what these people are doing. Talking about ministry and church. But something's going on here. And we should make this work. And they said, what if you do this, and then by this time, you do this. And then you'll just buy it, and it'll be yours. And if you do that, we will sow this much to you at the end, if you complete the thing. We didn't have to think but about three seconds. We said, yeah, that'll work. We can, we can do that. And within, what, three years, we owned it all free and clear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We, we, we didn't, when I say we didn't have the money, I mean it cost millions. And I think if we put all our cash together, we'd have had $50,000. And then, of course, some of my friends were concerned, and they said, well, uh, <laughs> we need a big place like that for to start out. I mean, if you got 20 people in there, it's going to look like nobody's there. <laughs> and that's discouraging when people see, you know, they just see a sea of empty seats. It looks like nothing's going on. And what, what do you need to do that anyway? And this, these things are going to cost money. I mean, you know, these big buildings, big electric bills, big stuff. I tried to figure it out a night or two. And finally, I just put the calculator in the drawer and just shut it because the numbers ain't working. I, I, really, I can't do it no matter what I do. I can't do this. But I won't go into all the detail, but we did. First Sunday, we had half a page of advertising in the local paper, and, and the people that were selling it to us, they bought that for us. <laughs> selling it to us. They also brought, was it donuts, to the, to the opening. And uh, we had 500 people show up. Glory to God. And miracle after miracle. What if you hadn't taken that first step? What if you hadn't taken, everybody say steps, steps, steps. But it's not just taking any step. Is taking the step that the Lord told you to do. What's the two big things? Whatever He says to you, 
Do it. Because you can't have faith in Him unless He told you. Anybody know Mark? That's the rain. Anybody know Mark 11, 23 and 24? Hmm? What does it say? Back, back up. You're, you're 22. Back up to 22. What does it say? Have faith. Hmm? That's only half the phrase. I said that's only half the phrase. There's answers right here. Don't, don't assume you already know, know all this. What did Jesus say? Do you believe every word's important? He could have said it in any number of different ways. What did he say? Have faith in God. A number of folks have just learned faith principles and have endeavored to use their faith to get what they want and to accomplish what they want to accomplish. That's not the same as faith in God. That's faith in my confession. Faith in my faith. That is not the same as faith in God. I've used this illustration before. It'll bear repetition. If I came in here tonight and I said, man, God's blessed me and I pulled out a roll of money, $100 bills, and I said, I just feel impressed to give 50 people in this place a $100 bill each. Could you have faith to receive a $100 bill? Huh? No, you couldn't. Somebody say, yes, I could. No, you couldn't. Yes, I could. No, you couldn't. If you came up to me and say, I'll take my hundred now. And I said, who told you I was going to give you a hundred dollar bill? What would you say? I did not tell you. I said 50 people. Come on, are you with me? Do you know why I'm using this illustration? If I come in and say, I have really been blessed, and I just feel impressed to give whosoever will, (laughs) can you have faith? Yeah, you can. You can't have faith in me beyond what I told you. Faith in God is based on what he told you. You can't say, well, I need some help. I believe Brother Keith's going to come and cut my grass. Because I have faith. I'm a faith man. And if I say it, it happens. Well, don't hold your breath. (laughs) You have no basis for faith. Faith is not this airy, nothing imagination thing that people have perceived faith is solid it's built on a foundation 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for or expected. That word substance, that same Greek word in roots, is translated foundation. That which supports under. Uh, faith is the support, the foundation of my expectation. The reason I am expecting is because I have a solid foundation. The Lord told me something. How can I have faith that God's going to show up and God's going to do something on this? Because He told me. He told me to go to Branson. He directed us to look at that. And while we were there, He quickened, this is yours, you're supposed to get this. We had to ascertain that by the Spirit. Right? But then based on that, we could keep taking steps. We didn't just pull it off the top of our head. We want to do something for the kingdom of God. That looks good. Let's claim it. Mm -mm. I'm talking about why a number of people have been frustrated in endeavoring to do things by faith. Uh, They've been saying the right things and the principles look and sound right to those that are not discerning it. But it wasn't really faith in God. Everybody say, have Have faith faith in in God. God. How's the only way you can have faith in God? Based on what He told you. Right? What He told you. He's going to speak to you through His Word. He's going to speak to you by His Spirit. Hallelujah. But it's not just going to be some mental something verse that you memorize. The Lord's going to quicken it to you. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing. And Young's literal talks about hearing by a word of the Christ. An anointed word. And when you hear that from Him, faith comes. Now, you're going to see some results. Is this okay, saints? We must know more than principles of faith. We must have the same spirit of faith. These people that we read about. Abraham wasn't a father of faith because he had everybody's faith books or went to faith seminars. They didn't have any back then. He walked with God. And when he heard from God, he believed it so strong he would step out and do it. Is that right? If he said, leave you folks, leave everything you know, and go, and I'll show you where to go. Man had faith, packed his bags, told everybody we're leaving, and they left. Is that right? And step after step after step until there came a time he said, take your son, your only son, and bring him up here on this mountain and give him to me. Boy, we're talking about superstar faith. Is that right? We're talking about... Oh, hallelujah. Abraham, I don't know what if he did, if he bit his lip or whatever he did, and then it hit him. God had also told him, in Isaac shall your seed be. And he concluded, if he dies, he's going to have to raise him from the dead. 
Because he said, my seed's coming through Isaac. Oh, somebody say faith, faith. What was the faith? He he didn't just decide he's going to do something. This is based solidly on what he heard God tell him. That's faith. That's faith. That's faith. Thank you, Lord. Oh, somebody say thank you, Lord. The two words the Lord gave me. Passivity. Not taking a step. Not acting. Waiting, 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 confessing, waiting. Not taking that step. And the second one was presumption. Presumption. Put up on the screen Deuteronomy, please. 18. You need a verse? 1818. Thank y'all. I, I, I perceive you're really hooked right now. I, I know you're quiet, but it's not a bad thing. We're going to get this, right? We're going to be... The, the word of the Lord came to us earlier in the meeting. Do you remember? That ere this meeting's over, we're going to be stronger in faith. As strong as we were, any ground we lost, and then go beyond that. Stronger than we've ever been in our faith, which means more victory than we've ever walked in. Is that right? right. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And our life pleasing God bigger and better than it ever has, because that's what it does. Somebody say it's happening. It's happening. My faith is growing exceedingly. Say this out loud. Close your eyes. Say this out loud. Lord, that which I see not, show me. That which I've not understood about faith, reveal to me. And I will count it precious. And I will give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 18.18 is the prophecy about Jesus but it, it, it goes into something that applies directly to what we call, what we're talking about, people being frustrated in faith. He said, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto you. I'll put my words in his mouth and he'll speak unto them what? What will he speak? All that I command him. 19. It'll come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words which he shall speak in my name, I will require of him. Now, something else. We should only speak his words in his name. I need to clarify. In the name of Jesus is not a magical incantation like hocus pocus. It's not a magic phrase. It is a kingdom phrase denoting delegated authority. When you say, when you come and you say something in the name of Jesus, that's tantamount to saying, I am here speaking on the Master's behalf. I am speaking for Him in His name. What you do not want to do 
is think up some stuff on your own and then slap in the name of Jesus on it. We have different ones that represent us in the ministry. And if they go to their department and say, uh, I'm, I'm come at the instruction of Brother Moore or, or Mrs. Moore. Well, they don't need to just say something they thought of. Is that right? That's betraying confidence and betraying trust. Which he shall speak in my name. If you don't believe it, I'll require it of him. Keep going. The prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name. He'll do what? Presume. Presume. To speak a word in my name which I have not commanded him to speak. Or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. Under the old covenant, you just died. I mean, there are cases where prophets stood up and prophesied something the Lord didn't tell them. And before they finished it, they fell dead. You've read about it. If you say in your heart, how will we know the word? Which the Lord has not spoken. We've already talked about this in the meeting. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord. If the thing follow not. Nor come to pass. The thing which the Lord had not spoken. That prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. How can you tell it wasn't God? Didn't happen. Verse 23. Well. There's no 23. So just forget that. Listen to some definitions of presumption. Presumption. Presumption is overstepping due bounds. Presumption is taking liberties not given. Listen to this. Presumption is unwarranted boldness. Unwarranted confidence. Confidence that is not based on anything. The scripture talks about unfeigned faith. If there's unfeigned faith, what else must there be? Feigned faith. Feign means pretend. Phony. The Bible refers then to phony faith and that which is not phony faith. Is there phony faith? Is there unwarranted boldness? Confidence that has no foundation. That's presumption. And no matter how bold you might try to be, to step out, to say, to do a thing, if the Lord did not tell you to do it, as much as, as well versed as you are on faith principles, there will be no power in it. And the thing that Phyllis said, the Lord told her last night, like I said, I, first I heard of it, it's when you heard it. But the Lord was ministering this to me, that the solution of this is submission. Submission to God. 
Anybody believe and resist the devil and he'll flee from you? That's not how that verse started. Is it? I said that's not how that verse begins. How does the verse begin? Submit yourself unto God. Then it says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Why? Because if you're yielding yourself to the devil and then try to resist the devil, he's going to laugh at you. He knows he doesn't have to leave. You're the one giving him place. But if you submit to God, which is going to mean putting your flesh under and submitting your will to his will, which is one of the toughest things you will ever do. Someone said, I don't know if I believe that, Brother Keith. You need to believe it. I had the privilege in, in Ramah Bible Training Center of teaching the subject on submission and authority. And... Uh, some things the Lord had ministered to me for years. And students would tell me sometimes, they, they got it different times of the year, different semesters. And this happened, I don't know, scores of times over the years. They'd say, oh, Brother Keith, I'm looking so forward to your, your course on submission and authority. Submission has always been easy for me. I know immediately they don't know what submission is. Because submission is not easy. I said submission is not easy. And you hear hear people say, I usually submit. But on this, I just don't agree this time. The reality is, you've not had to submit until now. As long as you're in agreement, there is no opportunity to submit. And now, when it comes time to submit... You're refusing to. What does submission look like? What does submission sound like? Father, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. Is this easy? You got to the place where in resisting the temptation and sin, blood came out his pores. What's he resisting? What, why is this so tough? What's going on here? Well, it's in the prayer. I said it's in the prayer. Father, you can do anything. He's not just recoiling from the scourging, as awful as it was. He's not just recoiling from the actual crucifixion, as terrible as it was. It was far worse than what you could see. The prophet Isaiah, looking by the Spirit ahead in time, he said his form was more marred than the appearance of any man. Well, that wasn't his body. What, what, what was he talking about? What was, what was he recalling from? Being made sin. He's spotless, he's holy. He's pure. He's perfect. We're not talking about sympathizing with sin. He became sin and then 
he he cried out, My God, why have you forsaken me? And the full brunt of judgment of sin, past, present, and future, fell on his spotless, sinless being. We we have very little idea what that is. But it, it was it was so terrible that he's praying. What's he saying? And he would come back to this. Not my will, but your will be done, revealing it was not his will to become sin and be separated from the Father. Now, religious people have big problems with that. How else do you explain? Not my will, but your will. If they are the same, you don't say that. This is submission. This is submission. And it's awesome. Is Jesus your hero? He, uh, He could let them scourge him. He could let them crucify him. Because he had already crucified his own flesh there in the garden. Submitted himself completely to the will of God unto death. He was obedient unto death. And he breathed his last breath. What did he say? Father, into your hands. I commit my spirit. Does this sound like somebody who's defeated? Who believes this is the end and it's over? The number one reason why people don't submit is lack of faith. People say, well, they're not qualified for me to submit to them. They didn't do it like this or they didn't do it like that. Mm-mm. If the Lord told you to submit to them, in your mind, you've got to get them out of the picture. And make up your mind, am I going to do what he told me to do? Or not? Did he give me a list of qualifiers? If they do this, if they don't do that, if they do this, if they qualify for somebody that I consider is a great enough caliber for me to submit. No, he just told you to submit to them. And if they're human like you, they're imperfect. They're going to do some things the wrong way. But you know why those who do take the step of faith and do submit their will? Why, how would you do it? Because you have faith that if God told you to do it, He, whatever's going to, He's going to take care of you. If they go off the tracks, if they go crazy, if they mess up, I'm still going to do what God told me to do. Is that right? And if I do it, I trust him. He's going to take care of me. If he has to get a hold of him, them, her, he'll turn them upside down. I don't care what has to happen. I'm not doing this because I think they're perfect. I'm doing this because I trust him. This is faith. How was Jesus able to despise the shame 
and resist sin and temptation to sin to the point of blood? Because he had faith in the Father. Enough faith to let them take him when he knew. Oh, friend, pain searing through your nervous system. And you know, all, all you got to do is go, Father, I call on the legions of angels. And just like that, you'd be delivered. How do you not do it? How do you bite your lip? Because if this is what the Father says needs to happen, this is what needs to happen. And he's not going to, I know it feels like he's not even with me anymore. Why have you forsaken me? I know I'm, I'm slipping out of this life. I know the, the enemy thinks he's got me. And it feels like. But my father loves me. He will not leave me. He will not leave my soul in the heart of the earth. Come on, is that, did he have scripture? He will, not, he will not leave me, my body, in the grave. Is that right? He had faith. So he completely submitted to the will of God. And out of it came the miracles of miracles, the resurrection, the destruction of the enemy, and the salvation of man. Hallelujah. His path is the same path you and I are to walk. Redemption's bought and paid for. Our sacrifice is not going to redeem, but our sacrifice will make the difference in reaching our generation with the Word. And the enemy is counting on the pride of your flesh and my flesh and the strength of our own will. So that we don't submit and won't do it. Now the the thing that's I hadn't seen as clearly as as I did until today is these two things why people have had trouble in faith passiveness and presumption. Passiveness, Passiveness is bad. Both of them get no results. But presumption is far worse. Far worse. It involves some things that predate creation. And us. Something that God hates. His own creation tried to use faith against him. Y'all with me, friends? I said his own creation attempted to use faith against him. I want to read from Isaiah. You you know it, but I want to read it to you again from Young's Literal. And you hear the language. Glory to God. 14 and 12. Isaiah 14, 12, Young's literal. How have you fallen from the heavens, O shining one? 
King James says, Lucifer. Son of the dawn. You've been cut down to the earth, O weakener of nations. And you said in your heart. Now listen to, listen to these phrases. And this is ancient languages read opposite direction from ours. Here we have a record of the exact words. He said, the heavens I go up. Above stars of God I raise my throne. I sit in the mount of meeting in the sides of the north. I go up above the heights of a thick cloud. I am. Have you ever heard that before? I am like the most high. There's only one most high. Only one. What is this? These are faith principles. He's, he's been around God. He knows how God does things. The Bible said that the creation of the, the heavens and the earth, the, uh, the sons of God sang and rejoiced. They saw it take place. They saw him speak. Light be. Everything in the kingdom functions this way. But endeavoring to use faith contrary to the will of God is rebellion. It's the spirit of the enemy. And when you hear the words of Jesus, you hear the words of the Master, it's not accident that we haven't noticed it as clearly as we have. The devil continually tries to blind us to it. Most of the religious Christian world, they don't even see them at all. When they read the verses I'm about to say to you, they don't even see them. What verses? I can of my own self do nothing. I came down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him that sent me. I seek not my own will. I only say what my father says. I can do nothing. He says it more than once, more than two times, more than three times. I'm I'm not here to do my own will. Let's stop and think. When he's being tempted 40 days and nights in the wilderness... An enemy comes. We know it's a temptation. It says it was. If you be the Son of God, command these stones that they be made bread. A bunch of us would have tried. <laughs> I'm telling you. Why? Well, why not? Why not? Why not? What's wrong 
with a demonstration of faith and the power of God. The enemy is appealing, reaching for some faith pride. I don't think I've ever said that phrase before. Look, look, he takes him up on the pinnacle of the temple. If you be the Son of God, do what? Because it's written. And the challenge is, you have faith? You have faith in that? Prove it. Prove it. Demonstrate it. In our circles, it's something that's been on my heart for years. It ought not be. But all of us are, are experiencing challenges and tests and, and things that we're dealing with and, and believing. But one of the worst things that bothers people in our camp is that you find out I got a problem. I got some symptoms. My money's been short. The crowd's been down. Why? Why why does that bother you? Answer the question. Why does that bother you? Because it's a reflection on my faith. That will undermine your ability to walk in faith. That's how the enemy is. There is zero room for pride in faith. Zero. Zero. How did Jesus walk in faith? Why wouldn't he command the stones to be made bread? Huh? How can you have faith? How does faith come? By hearing. Who told him to command the stones to be made bread? It wasn't the Father. Is that right? And if he tries to demonstrate he is the Son of God and he is faith, why and who is he trying to demonstrate it to? Oh, come on. Can you see this? It is the pride of man. It is the pride of life, which is the very nature of the fallen one himself. He has breathed his spirit and nature into this dark world. And Jesus said as he walked the earth, do you want to know about me? You want to learn about me? Come. I am meek and lowly of heart. And you'll find rest unto your souls. If you're, if you're really going to walk by faith, you've got to get free from trying to show somebody you have faith. That's why people have choked and they've fallen. They've tried to step out and do things that was beyond where their faith was because their buddy did something like that. Come on, are you listening? And people even make jabs at each other. Where's your faith at? Come on, boy, you got to get with this. Unless the Lord told you to do it. You can't have faith to do it. Come on, are y'all with me? And we got to humble ourselves and acknowledge with the Master, I can do nothing of myself. 
I can't just decide I'm going to believe something. I'm going to do something. I am completely dependent on him. I've got to hear from him. And there'll be times it's something you wanted to do. And you can't get him to agree with you on it. Later on, you'll be so glad he didn't. But at the time, oh, friends, our fellowship with each other could just take a huge leap up in freedom if we'd get rid of our devilish pride. Hmm? I had some students when I was teaching in Rama. He was a real funny guy. Still is. He, uh, he said, Brother Keith, we want you to come have a meal with us. And I felt impressed too, Phyllis and I. He comes back three days later. He said, uh, my wife, he called her name. He said, he said y'all can't come. He said, uh, our house is, is too bad. He said, I have to buy all new furniture. And I just don't have it right now. I said, what? Where we came from. <laughs> At my grandma's house, I remember, folks would drive up unannounced, supper time. And he'd say, peas and pawn, eat it or leave it alone. <laughs> Such as it is, you're welcome to it. Nine people spend the night, two bedrooms. All right. <laughs> huh? Sleep on the floor, yeah. pallets. Eat red beans, cornbread. Have a great time. Have a great time. But there are people who have on stuff that's been on their credit card for six months and don't want anybody to know where they live or what they, how they eat, what they do because they're trying to project a faith facade. And then trying to claim things and trying to do things for wrong motives. I've, I've, I've had people look at me and, and they got a bad doctor's report. And, and their main thing is, I'm going to prove to my people that healing is real. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. You need to forget about them. This ain't about them. It's about you and God. That's right. We need to forget about what people think about our faith. Because you're probably way off anyway. As to what you think they think. Because most of the time they probably just don't think about you at all. (laughs) And you're all upset and troubled over something that ain't even happening. But that's how the devil is. Oh, you don't even want to go to that meeting because they'll probably ask you about this. and, And you're still dealing with it. And... If we're honest, I said if we're honest, all of us are still dealing with some things. Is that right? But the power of God could have been done a long time ago, 
And there are all kinds of reasons why. But hey, we're all in this boat together. Is that right? Why can't we just rejoice with each other and just say, hey, you're going to get yours. I'm going to get mine. We, we're on it. Let's get this thing kicked up in the next gear. But it, it's this hiding and this covering and this shading. It's the enemy. And trying to impress with this. That's not God. And so people have done these kind of things. And they confess, 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 confess. And it didn't work. They got further from it. Years passed. Never happened. I don't understand. I was in faith. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. You were in presumption. Presumption is not faith. You know this, but it'll, it'll, it'll bear looking at. Do you have a few more minutes? Oh, the Lord's answering our prayer. He's, he's answering our prayer. I know that He is. Go to Numbers, 14th chapter. Numbers chapter 14. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let's just thank Him just, just for a few moments. Just, just open your mouth. Lord, we thank you. We worship you. We give you glory. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And say, Lakashti. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, just praise Him some more. Oh, that my own be distressed, got your vite. Ah, well, I'm blaming the sorrow's effigy. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, we worship you. 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 Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The truth is making us free. The truth is making us free. Washing over our minds. Washing over us. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Father. Somebody said out loud, Lord, I acknowledge. I can do nothing of myself. I can do nothing. I have to hear from you. I can only believe what you tell me. I can only do what you show me. I submit myself. To your will. In Jesus name. Oh hallelujah. 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 You know Phyllis and I have been in the ministry long enough now. We've had a. A few. Not too many. Praise the Lord. But a few folks that have decided to. Go a different direction and leave us. And I'm thinking of. Three different cases right now. Over the past. Twenty five years. And you know, we, we believe in people being led for the Spirit, uh, by the Spirit for yourself. And very reluctant to say, this is not God, or you should do this or that. 
I believe you should hear from God for yourself. But one of the reasons God has given leaders and elders is for protection. And if you get far enough off, the Lord can use your leader to arrest you. And if you have enough respect for it and will submit to it, it can save you. But if you don't, this is what the Lord told me. He said, many of my people are working without a net. Because they have not given their leaders and elders the place in their life to correct them. They, they won't receive it. They won't hear it. Working without a net. If you start to fall, ain't nothing to catch you. Uh, but people have to give you that place. We're not supposed to demand it. Hmm? They have to give it to you. The Bible did not say, make people submit to you. Mm -mm. It said, you submit yourself. Who's going to do it? You do it or it won't be done. And uh, we've... uh, there have been a few cases where we told people they're, they're going to do this, and we've told them, no, we don't believe this is the Lord. Just just sit tight. Just hang here for another year. No, they're going to use their faith. And it's been sad watching them. They, they did everything they learned about faith, and none of it worked. It got worse and worse and worse. The Lord sent me to one man who'd been a partner with our ministry. And it's rare for me to do. Rare. But the Lord got me up in the middle of the night. I stayed up the rest of the night praying. I thought, am I really going to do this? And and I finally realized he told me to do it. So I went to his house. I said, if you do this, if you make this move, you're going to lose your marriage. You're going to lose your family. You're going to lose your business. You're going to lose your health. He said, uh, uh, and you know, how many times people have said, oh, Brother Keith, if you ever get anything. <laughs> and to ministry, I mean, people say it to you. But most of the time you can't. Because they, they haven't really given you the place. They haven't. They may think they have, but they haven't. I know breakthroughs came in Phyllis in my life. The Lord gave me three words directive in the beginning days of our ministry. Help Brother Hagen. <laughs> that was I'm telling you, that, that was our directive from heaven. Help Brother Hagen. And that involved many different things. And after what, fifteen years? We knew we had a call on a life and a ministry to pursue, uh, to lead ourselves. And I talked to him, and, and we left, and, and we're doing other things. Ministry's going good. And, and in, in, in a time of prayer, in, in another meeting, the Lord said, I never released you from helping them. I just assumed. <laughs> because we're doing this, and I'd seen other people. When they did it, it was pretty much a break. Well, Phyllis and I needed to humble ourselves. We found where they were. 
and went there, asked them if it was convenient for us to see them. And they said, yeah, wait till after the such and such time. So we did. We went to their room and humbled ourselves and said, told him what the Lord said and said, can we help you any way? We'll be here whether you want something or not. <laughs> right? We'll be coming to all the meetings. We'll be here and, oh, man, it was a breakthrough. Glory to God. And what folks don't realize is this is not about making a big deal out of a man or a woman. The Lord, come on, are you listening? The Lord told us to go. We weren't through helping them. Go and make yourself available. And people say, well, I I offered to one time. They never called me. So, no. The Lord told you. So you need to keep being available. Come on, are you listening? You just need to keep being available and give them the place to correct you. Come on, are you with me? It's not not easy. It can be hard on your flesh. And you may just have to bite your lip and say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. But if you don't learn to put your flesh under, you'll never grow up. I said you never grow up. You never mature. The scripture says, the Lord, after you've suffered a while. Anybody? It's a prayer in Peter. Make you perfect. Establish, strengthen, settle you. I, 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 you know, I was going to pray all the prayers in the New Testament over myself, and I got to that one, and I thought, man, do I, do I want to pray all of that prayer? You want to leave that part out because, man, being established, strengthened, settled, that sounds good. But it's after you've suffered a while. Now, people have taken that and twisted all kind of things out of it, suffering being sick, suffering being broke. No, you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. But you know some of the most intense suffering you'll ever do? Not getting your way. (laughs) I've been in situations before where, man, I thought, this is it. This is it. This is all I want. I'd come and fall across the bed by myself and put in a request for a transfer. I'm talking to the big boss. And it came back. Denied. So now what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I either do my own thing or I submit. And do what he told me. Put my flesh under. Now if I don't submit. And I leave where he put me. But I got another idea. And I'm a faith man. Is anybody listening? I'm going to start another ministry. I'm going to go to another place. I'm going to do this. I got scriptures. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Come on, are you with me? The truth is, other people probably won't see it. But the truth is, in your heart's rebellion. And you're trying to do a form of what the enemy did. You've rejected God's plan. And you're saying, I'm going to do this. 
And I'm going to be this. And I'm going to have this. And it won't work. And you'll struggle. And it'll be hard. And years will pass. And you'll be so frustrated. Hmm? And, And you're using scriptures and it sounds right. But it's not faith. It's presumption. Hebrews said, Hebrews 11, that by faith, Moses and the people of Israel went through the Red Sea on dry ground. Didn't it say that? Didn't it say it? Didn't it say it? Pharaoh and his bunch assayed to do it and drowned. What's the difference? What's the difference? If you're looking at the outside, both of them are having enough confidence to overcome their fear of these giant walls of water and step out by faith and go right across there. What's the difference? What's the difference? What's the difference? God told his people to go across. God told Pharaoh's people, let them go. When God tells you go across, you can have faith to go across. When God tells you let them go, all you can have faith for is to let them go. <laughs> Are y'all with me? You, you can't go on what God told somebody else about this situation. Will it work for them? Well, is he telling you the same thing? We must hear from him for ourselves. I'll just, instead of turning there, we'll just talk about it. You remember when the people of Israel, having been delivered from Egyptian bondage, and they got to the promised land and sent the spies in. The people cried in unbelief and said, there's giants, no way we can do it. It was the tenth time they had tempted God with their unbelieving words. And they had repeatedly said defiantly to him. When God says, I am with you. I have given you the land. Go up and take it at once. And you get in his face and say, ain't no way. I don't care what you say. There is no way. You understand? And we ain't going. Let's go back to Egypt. It's not innocent. Ignorance. It's defiance. It's rebellion. And that was it. They'd been saying, we're going to die in the wilderness. And God said, what you have continually spoken in my ears, that's what's going to happen to you. You are going to die in the wilderness. And he told them how it's going to happen. Within the next day, they got up and said, we're going. You'll see it. The Bible said, before we were born again in this world... It is in the spirit of disobedience. And it's in the nature of your flesh. You've experienced it. If somebody says it in the wrong tone to you, you want to go, no. (laughs) I ain't going to do it. You can't make me do it. That is devilish. I said, that is devilish. It's devilish. 
He said, go up. And they said, we ain't going. He said, all right. Stay in the desert and die. They said, no, we're going. <laughs> Is that right? We're going. And then they got up the next morning. And Moses and, and Joshua and these guys, they, and Aaron, they, they hear these things. And he says, Where, what are you doing? We're going up there. We're going up like God told us. He said, no, God's not with you. Don't go. He said, no, we're here. We're going. He said, don't go. No, what are they saying? Now we believe. Tough. God's told you something else. There is no substitute from hearing from Him every day. He doesn't change. But because people change, there are times He'll, somebody says, well, He told me to do this. Yeah, but they didn't hear it. They didn't receive it. Now He's telling you to do this. Once He's told them, you're not going in. You're going to the wilderness and you're going to die. They can't have faith to go into the promised land anymore. He's told them something else. Can you see this, friends? These are not just principles that you do this, do that, push this button, say this three times and boom. It's a living trust in a living God. Hearing from Him. Is that right? About, about everything. On a daily basis. And then sticking real close. Man, before you step out, you want to check it. Did he tell me? Did he tell me? Did he tell me? Make sure he told me. Is that right? Then when you think so, to check it again. And if you're sure, and you step out in faith and he told you, it will never fail. I said, how many can testify? Every time that you really got it from him, is that right? And he stepped out, never fail. As soon as you step out, waters part, manna falls, come on, are you listening? Power manifests, things will happen. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody, please. Glory be to God.